0: I'm broadcasting. Hello, this is episode number 53 of So There I Was, which is how all great aviation tales begin. This is titled Burial at Sea,
1: Not So Fast. Oh, he was just out for a swim. He'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> Another great story with Slaff Sr. My gosh, right? Yeah, he talks about how they lost the XO at sea. And held a burial at sea for him.
0: Yeah. Well, he was gone long enough. They figured he right. was uh, done for. Right. But not so fast.
1: Turned up four days later. Great story how he turned up. Great story. Up.
0: So. <laughs> Slap Sr. did not disappoint. The stories just came. These guys from that era have such great stories because they tell it with such nonchalance. And you and I are both right. palms. Sweating, The number of airplanes
1: they lost, the number of pilots they lost, the danger that they faced on a daily basis. And, you know, they were young and bulletproof. They didn't care. They got to fly cool, fast jets, and life was good.
0: How about the description of landing on a straight-deck carrier with an LSO at night wearing basically Christmas
1: lights? (laughs) All over his arms and legs to give signals so you could see him, yeah. And he was the man. He was not just a safety officer. He was in charge. He had to follow
0: I shut down after that. I just completely shut down. I, right. I thought, nope, nope, yeah, no.
1: Glad I didn't ever have to
0: do that. I, I don't know that I could. I, I don't think I could have done that. That's crazy. And those guys did that every day, yep. every day.
1: Flying the straight deck carrier. Then he got out and he went to the Indiana Air National Guard and he flew the F 84 Thunderstreak. And they were not impressed with his <laughs> Marine Corps hat. No. So they no. As a matter it. of
0: fact, it became a uh a indicator of power, and they took care of that. Yep.
1: They <laughs> they took his hand and they burned it. So, and then another great story. Slaff Junior was on the show back around episode fifty or fifty one somewhere in there. Slaff Junior was with us, and he talks about the night Slaff Junior was born. They reached out to the state police to find him, and the state police found him how? Yeah.
0: Via uh, a very popular disc jockey they they got a hold of them very, via a disc jockey
1: yep who radio, was a International Guard Message guy. across the state got to the radio <laughs> disc jockey who told him over the radio cat <laughs> captain schlafly it's an emergency call your wife yeah yes what a great what a great story that is right well this is an emergency this is episode 53 <laughs> sit back Relax. Make sure you're not sitting on what.
0: Don't That's sit nice. on the ejection handle. The Don't do it. Smallest cockpit.
1: Guns. Episode fifty-three. On the tanker
0: in. through the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Thanks a lot. We really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. No matter. I was crossing the pond and you could see that I wasn't exactly fun.
2: so there I was 21 years old I'm on the airplane for the first time leaving Chicago thunderstorms outside of Pensacola we land in Mobile and have to be bused to our home away from home arriving at 3 a.m and expected for calisthenics (laughs) at
1: 4.30.
2: (laughs) So anyhow, I think that we can come back to the Banshee some. It was a great airplane, a very, so. only thing that I can say I probably did 500 Immelman's on it because of the uh, special delivery and low level. We did lots and lots of low level. We had one other uh, mishap on the uh, Lake Champlain that was very interesting. So there my roommate was flying with his uh, exec on an, and the F nine F eights and flying between two levels of clouds, and has a midair with an Italian F-86.
0: Oh, oh. So it was,
2: uh, our roommate was flying number two on him. So all of a sudden, he just saw a flash. But he did see one chute going down through the lower coverage. And it had, it was a colored uh, chute, a colored pattern shirt. And we didn't have those. We had white shirts. So we thought, we thought the exec was gone so uh, we came back and and uh we looked for him i i mean i wasn't on the flight but we looked for him for a couple of days and then we declared him missing in action and had a burial at sea and four days later he shows up on an island
1: off of it beautiful
2: and he comes back to tell tell the story
1: how was my funeral, boys?
2: <laughs> no, it started something, started something like this, guys. So there I was, no airplane, nothing but my seat. Oh, so he woke up in the seat, and it was separated from the airplane. And all he could think about, as he, as he told the story, is that he was at 20,000 feet, and he didn't want to pull his chute and freeze to death loses oxygen or something so he just delayed uh uh pulling his chute and he was already in the in a soup and came out fairly low he pulled his chute landed and had a couple of high intensity mistakes there we had these knives you probably had them too with the uh with the with the blade that'll cut the 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 shroud he pulled that out and he promptly cut his his life uh <laughs> lifeboat away <laughs> you know the <his> little <laughs> single man lifeboat away <laughs> so that <laughs> uh, anyhow he he got it back but he cut off uh, his the water supply and whatever he had so he ended up in the in lifeboat floating free he said he saw us uh, some people looking for him a couple of times but to make a good story short, he, he drifted up on an island with had some lights on it. He pulled himself up through the surf and he got onto a levee and got up to this house and he knocked on the door. And the only word of Italian he knew was orange because we were buying these blood oranges, you know, over there. And, <laughs> uh, and they wouldn't, weren't going to let him in. So they let him in. He calls. We fly him back to the boat. He tells us the story. Oh. He quit flying because he thinks he used up all his luck. Yeah. And he probably
0: did. So so, wait, right. so the, the midair took place in IMC, and it was an yes. interloper? Just happened to be an Italian uh, interloper that he had a midair? I
2: think they were on a, uh, an intercept uh-huh. It was a hot and, intercept. And it about. was a hot <laughs> intercept, and it was not very well controlled. Uh, oh my God! I don't think the, the Italian were supposed to be there, but anyhow, that was uh, that was the another loss that we almost had, but we we did. So let's go on and find out how the F nine helps to try to kill me. Yep. I guess I already <laughs> I already told you that that inverted spin was basically it, but F nine squadron we got back and your listener that uh, wondered about his uh, his dad uh, oh, yeah. he, his dad was actually in my flight school class okay he, are he you kidding in, me yes
1: so that was that was I Ken
2: McCoy was in yep. my flight school class okay but like uh, you know we had about you Know what out of that 50, we lost quite a few getting through, but maybe we had 30 or so that got their wings and got their assignments. But Ken uh, went west and I went east, and once the guys went west, we lost track of them until 40 years later. We started having flight school class reunions and we got a, a group of those guys that went to the East coast got together with those of us that went to the West coast. And we had about four or five years of reunions and that, that was quite interesting because we got to know what those guys did.
1: Sure. That sounds like a lot of fun. And just for a point of reference uh, folks, if you'll go to the website, so there I was dot us and between episodes 43 and 44, there is not a podcast episode, but I did put a posting up with, some articles about Ken McCoy, he punched out of an A-4 off of Hawaii, and there are several newspaper articles and a write-up from his son talking about this, and, that, and that's to whom we are referring here as, as Ken McCoy. Right. Oh.
2: So I really never saw Ken again after we left flight school, okay. but he must have done the same thing I did, and he got vetted and got into the Marine Corps.
1: Right. Yeah. And then uh, what was kind of neat was last week, Ken's son sent me a smug mug compilation of several photos, which I then shared here with Slaff And any of those photos bring up any particular memories or anything like that? For instance, I, I looked at it and I'm laughing that 60 years later, the front gate of Pensacola looks almost identical. Obviously, there's more concrete barriers and that sort of thing to prevent terrorism these days than there were in the in the 50s. Yeah, but, uh,
2: that's that's but- right. And I just wondered, so there I was 70 years ago or 60 years ago, whatever it was, in that bar, which is over, if you're facing the gate, it's over the left side. Yes. And uh, that that bar was there. And as soon as we got out of of pre-flight, we got to go outside the gate. I mean, it never got to do that very much. And we go outside the gate and we get as far as that bar, and I remember in detail that gate after i came out of the bar for the happy hour where they offered uh five martinis for one nice (laughs) beautiful (laughs) yeah i almost didn't get back
1: right that's the closest
2: i came i wasn't even in a car
0: that sounds like a message uh uh, uh, that's a disaster mess that's that's not good (laughs) (laughs) five for one (laughs) five for
2: one that's right they're all lined up in front of you so let's go go in to the getting back honey uh we were just married when we left and we come back and we settle in and what am i going to do next and all of a sudden three or four of us discover we get grandfathered into the new squatter so we dump the uh Although six of them are now back on the carrier in the med for that exercise, which I opted out. My friend Satch went and he picked up a few more night landings there and we got rid of the Banshees and got F-9s. And so I was in the squadron at a, at a time we had a great skipper. He was a, a World War II, uh, Ace and, uh, Mariana, Tur- Mariana Turkey shoot and, uh, Bunch of neat guys. We had a guy uh, who was uh, op- ops officer in the squadron. Who was I? I don't know if you guys still get uh, the history of Marine Corps aviation in World War II. When you when you get in the Marine Corps and you get your wings, did you did you get? Did you ever see that book? I don't, I
1: don't recall so. that book specifically. No. no.
2: Okay. Anyhow, in that book, right in the middle, there's a picture of a, a second lieutenant Marine by his Corsair, holding on to a. Pro, uh, 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 a uh, Corsair with a prop chopped about halfway off a couple of uh, blades of the prop and the basic story. And Bob Klingman was his name. And he uh, uh, he uh, ran. Uh, he had fuel and ammunition, but he couldn't get high enough to shoot down a Jenny that he was chasing. So he shot all his uh, ammo out to make the airplane light and climbed up and chopped the tail off with his prop. And so that's part of the history of, <laughs> of the Corsair guy in oh, World boy. War II. Wow. He also... Oh,
0: he, t- he took an airplane out with his prop. Right. That is amazing. But he
2: was also the guy. If you, I mean, all of us Marines always have watched the movie uh, Bridges of Re right? Yeah. Everybody sure. watched that. Yeah. So remember that shot in the movie where they have a real shot of a, uh, well, they called it a Banshee, but it was an F9. Oh, there's some pictures there. That, hey, look at that. That's it. That's
1: that it? is amazing.
2: So if you remember uh, Bridges of Re there's a shot. Where uh, he's supposed to be shot up a little bit and he comes back and he hits the round down and the airplane breaks right in half and burns. Remember that shot?
0: Yes. Yep.
2: Bob Klingman was flying that airplane. He was the same guy. And he says, I said, how did you get out? But if you watch that and I have it in my, in my presentation, I give, if you watch it, you see how the engine breaks loose and it flies up over the cockpit and that's where all of the flame is the engine and the, the fuel tank tank that flies over there yeah. and the cockpit turns over and then it comes up and if you watch really close you can see the guy's still in there he says he just unstrapped and walked out of that
0: get out of here and it yeah. it's the same pilot it's the, the same, same guy yeah it's the same.
2: <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> and i asked him a number of times he was my boss i was flight officer in the squadron he was my boss and i asked him I said uh how did you do that he says just hush shit luck
0: was oh my gosh! Was.
2: anyhow that's that's oh so there i was
1: <laughs> holy cow I'm not sure if you want to fly with that guy or not want to fly uh, with that guy. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, here's yeah. the new
0: squadron, and we get our… Um, so so the F-9s, uh, Those uh, that's the Cougar. That's the Cougar. And it's got a pretty swept wing.
2: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And it has flaperons versus… Uh, flat, uh, uh, versus…
0: Uh, ailerons.
2: Uh, ailerons. Yes. Yeah. so it,
0: uh, did, did that affect the role? I mean, did it as did it a a mass-
2: a nasty characteristic, if you're going to fly it off of a, a carrier, is that you rotate around a wingtip. You don't rotate around the center line of the airplane. So if you got into a situation where you had to do a lot of correction, you may walk your airplane down in altitude, and you have to yeah. watch that.
0: Yeah, because it's spoiling and lift every
1: time. It's spoiling
2: uh, lift do, every time yeah, you
0: do. Every yeah. time you yeah. roll. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I imagine yeah. the you know, aircraft was just treacherous. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the Cougar was a, again, a Grumman tank, a very solid platform, both for uh, special weapons, uh, low level. We used to run our low levels in the Cougars at three hundred and sixty, and Banshees we ran it at three hundred, just because it's easy to calculate the miles per minute, yeah. either five or six. But the uh, Cougar would run into its Immelman turn and bomb delivery at 4:26, uh, and that's that about be. as fast as we could get it going with all that stuff on it. So we got into the squadron, and we got the new guys.
0: Now was this was this at Cherry Point still?
2: Yeah, okay. same squadron, same squadron.
0: Okay, you, okay. you just got
2: 533. new. Five thirty-three. Yeah, didn't even have to remember what squadron I was in <laughs> <laughs> just new airplanes right. and all new pilots except there was four of us I think that
0: it stayed, it just, uh, stayed that just uh, stayed uh,
2: I, I got the okay. best job in the squadron flight officer I told everybody everybody where they went and where they could fly and and
1: nice. you know that's what you like to do yeah and what what years were you in 533
2: sir 533 from 56 to 58 Six, seven, eight. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, two two tours, and I was out. they were almost done with the tour when I got out of the service and went back to school. So um, how about one little quickie before we leave the gun squadron here? So we had all these new kids in the squadron, and I was, of course, the big kid on the block now. I knew my way around and knew where to go.
0: Yeah, you're the old salt.
2: The old salt. So when I was introduced into uh, 533 in the Banshees, I got two rides with one of the squadron guys to show me around in a T-33, TV2. So we yeah. went out and what he really uh, wanted to show show us, you know, we're never going to get any instruction in low levels or anything he wanted to show us wanted to show me the low level patterns and roughly what what it's like and what to watch out for and that kind of stuff so we were out on this first one that, that's really a lot of fun flying that we used to fly our low levels down around 100 feet and we used to have a chase plane that would stay at 100 or 150 and make sure you stayed down there but anyhow we went out and he'd taken me around showing me around a good guy who's our lso and i know him to this day so we went out uh, and we had a a, 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 a bit of a, a not, not not much in what we're cast. So it was pretty easy to see. And so he takes me out over the beach. He says, what's that? And that's what I'm supposed to know it. So I looked down and, and it looks like a beach and, and that kind of thing. He says, that's Kitty Hawk. And you should know because that's where airplanes come from. That's the <laughs> home of the airplane. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I, so I learned that. Okay, now go forward a year and a lot of experience, a lot of cockiness, and I got three new guys, and I'm going to take them out on a four-plane and uh, show them around, see, okay? So uh, we do another neat thing about about, uh, Cherry Point. You can make four-plane takeoffs easy on I mean, we did it all the time because that what that, air, oh, air, yeah. that runway is 200 feet wide i got them out there and showing them around and it didn't do any low level with them but i said okay you guys get in trail but there was a there was a, about a 3 000, 2, 000 foot uh, broken uh below me right right about where I had going so i was aiming for kitty hawk and i was going to ask these guys so i said just you guys just get in trail and stay above me. Don't go below me. So I get it and I see it through the through the clouds and I roll over and I go through a little hole and and see a kitty hawk right there and I look out to sea. And about half a mile out to sea, there's a submarine just coming up out of the water, just coming up. <laughs> so I pulled my nose up and I ran right at that submarine and and i never said anything about kitty hawk and it came back and how the hell did you see that submarine <laughs> and i never told him
0: <laughs> hey listen i can't give you all the secrets right now boys but uh when you you know when you're as experienced as i am you just see submarines <laughs> there they are. it's
1: better to be lucky than good <laughs> oh okay
2: So that was the Kitty Hawk story. And you've had the inverted high speed stall, but high speed stalls were God. When I left the squadron, there was one of those kids that had come in. He was a little difficult, but he killed himself on a break. Mm. And I bet you I looked at that and I said, all he'd have to do is to get a little rambunctious on a break, and you could get into that. Inverted stall. It would go through the verbal just like that. Had to be careful. Anyhow, later in the tour, we had a competition, <clears throat> and we were going to go to the uh, third Naval Air Weapons Meet in El Centro. So we send I think six pilots for competitions: uh, uh, guns, rockets, bombs, and it was all F nine squadrons from Navy and Marine. During the run-up to that, I didn't get in. I I was number seven or something like that. I I was a little upset by the whole thing, but I kind of uh, rationalized it uh, before uh, it came to pass when the young captain that was in it killed himself onto the rocket run. That was very easy to do with the rocket's that we were fighting you know you can get mesmerized now he's told "Oh me yeah
0: watch him don't watch him
2: how not to get mesmerized don't watch, him. Don't watch uh, him yeah i think he was watching them because he killed himself so i went in his place it was interesting to go to the naval air weapons feed i don't think they do that anymore i uh, don't no. i don't think so
1: i don't think do, so don't no, don't do the
2: that. harriers harriers do any shoot-offs i don't recall ever
1: doing anything like that no you know? yeah.
0: no I suspect it's uh, because it's a competition. There was a, there may have been a, a chance to press things a little closer than you maybe oughta to make sure you get better scores.
2: With without a doubt, yes, without yes. a doubt. And yep. uh, I wasn't really willing to go there. Right. Anyhow, that's why I'm here. <laughs>
0: Good. Well, we're glad you are.
2: Okay. So we've got enough background i can take you into the air force where you tread with care
0: well and i would love to hear your uh, experience with the air force because i too have uh an experience with the air force well what do you think repeat um
1: kind of a breaking point and come back for more yes yes hey fig you got your private pilot rating before you in the marine corps didn't you
0: Yes, I did. And it was a lot of work and a lot of effort because the information I needed wasn't readily available at your fingertips like it is nowadays. It was a lot to get prepared to take my aura and my check ride.
1: Well, as you know, I got my private certificate in college as well. And here's something that I wish I'd had available when I was working on becoming a private pilot. There's a new podcast perfect for the student pilot or current pilot wanting to refresh their knowledge. It's called the Audio Ground School Podcast. The host Nick Smith founded and created the online ground school and student pilot resource website parttimepilot.com. That's parttimepilot.com. Part-time pilot has the sole objective of decreasing student pilots hurdles when training to become a pilot. If you check out the podcast, be sure to look in the show notes of each episode
0: because in them you'll find video lessons, downloads and other helpful resources. I highly recommend not only listening to the podcast, but subscribing to it so you can get notified
1: of each episode and keep track of many promotions and scholarships they put out at Part Time Pilot. What a great resource for anyone learning to fly, refreshing, or coming up on a biennial flight review. You may remember I mentioned my son is working on his private pilot certificate. The timing of this couldn't be better. Thank you to Nick over at the Audio Ground School Podcast at parttimepilot.com. I'm excited to watch how much easier this will be for him with a great resource like this. Right. Hey, And while we're on recommendations, let me take a minute and mention our sponsor, Robbins Brain Designs. She offers a wide range of customization options for their coasters, including squadron logos and call signs, organization logos, and even aircraft instruments. These unique designs are perfect for anyone in the military or aviation industry or for anyone who appreciates the beauty of these intricate designs. Their attention to detail and commitment
0: to quality is evident in every piece they create, making their coasters a truly special, one-of-a-kind gift. Whether you're looking for a gift for a friend, family member, or a special way to show appreciation to a colleague or client, Robbins Birdbrain Designs has
1: got you covered. Their custom etching services are not limited to coasters either. They can also create custom designs on a variety of other items, including plaques, cutting boards, or even a laptop or iPad. Their product customization is perfect for anyone who appreciates the beauty of personalized gifts.
0: Overall, Robin's Bird Brain Designs is an excellent choice for anyone looking for a unique and thoughtful gift. Their custom etching services are unparalleled and their commitment to quality and customer satisfaction is second to none. RobinsBirdBrainDesigns.com
1: So, yeah, so Fig and you both were marine pilots and then went over to the dark side. That's (laughs) right.
2: So there we were.
1: I can't wait to hear how this turns out.
2: All right. (laughs) Uh, It was a good time in my life. I was going to school with a uh, GI Bill, had no money, but good support from my wife's and my parents. So all was good there.
0: And that was at Purdue. You went yeah, to Purdue. Yes.
2: I went to Purdue. I was in a, a school where a lot of the astronauts went, uh, aer- aeronautical and engineering science. So I learned to be an aeronautical engineer. I had had my first child in Cherry Point, Cherry Point hospital. And that was Scott's brother. We had one child and we were in uh, Lafayette, Indiana, but, uh, I will tell you that uh, the squadron was bouncing uh, for FCLPs uh, when my first child was born, but I kept myself off the schedule.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to not pay the divorce attorney. I get that.
2: Uh, (laughs) That's right. She had nothing to say about it. She was very supportive. Anyhow, off to uh, Purdue and I heard um, I needed the money. And I figured I had a few years of flying to go and why not uh, give it a try on the dark side. And I'd heard about the guard. And what I did is uh, I was 100 miles away from the uh, from the base, Fairfield, Fort Wayne, Indiana. But that was the wing headquarters and a good squadron. So I went over there and talked to the guys and said, would you take a Marine? He said, we'd take you in a minute. And he actually took two of them at that point. So there was three Three new guys came. One came from active duty Air Force, and two of us came from the Marines. The other Marine didn't get to know him very well because he didn't last very long. I don't think he really wanted to be there. I don't know why he did it. But in any event, I got in and I I just loved the idea of uh, the whole thing. We could drive up there twice a month and get um four, five days pay. And that was yeah. In those, in those days that must have been $100. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was a hundred dollars, you know. What that about a hundred and fifty, I think what it was. But anyhow, they had F eighty-four fs which is the so-called Thunderstreak. We never called it that. We called it hog. And we called it a hog because there was never a runway that an F-84 F couldn't use all of for takeoff <laughs> for takeoff or landing. It just didn't make any difference what it was, but they called <laughs> it, it
0: super hog. I looked yeah, it up. Oh my god.
2: Uh, well, oh, yeah, that swept wing.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it was kind of like the F-9. It was it, it was a tank. It was solid as rock.
0: Fair, Fairchild, Fairchild, Fairchild Republic, right, right, yeah.
2: right, right, and uh, nice big uh, drop tanks on it. Nothing on the tip of the wings. Uh, it it was a a nice uh, airplane, except for taking off and landing.
0: Just used it uh, used every bit that you had. Did it fly well? Did it handle? Oh that? yeah,
2: very very well. Fly fly very well. Uh, it was nice to be in that because it's, all we did is fly. There's no real significant ground duties you just fly and there's some really neat tops that you could get this squadron did the flyover for the indianapolis 500 race and i did that two years i was one of those four guys but that's before they started flying all these airplanes over they don't do that anymore but we did that so there i was we got a new governor and we have 26 airplanes i think and they line them all up there, and we're going to fly over for the governor. And I looked at those airplanes, and my experience in the Marine Corps, there's no way that there's going to get 80% of those airplanes off the ground, <laughs> there was n- no airplanes in the hangar, the whole thing. Yeah. So we went out there and, and got everybody in the airplane, and, and the uh, F-84 had a shotgun starter. You never find... That many APUs, but they had a shotgun shell starter that you put in and you just hit that thing and it started the engine. And uh, <laughs> well, the few things you had to do before. Every one of them started and flew. I was just blew my mind.
1: Wow. I'm smacked that you got that many airplanes. Even in a good squadron, with everything up, you, the odds are not that you're going to get that many airplanes going. All right.
2: Yeah. So I get a couple of guys in, in F 84s and fly out to Cherry Point and land and go into 533. And it says, guess what? We did. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I told them I was getting more flight flight hours in those days than they were when I, when I came. Oh right? yeah. Because they were, they were rationing gas. We had no problems like that. Anyhow, the uh, interesting thing again, I have to uh, go over here and get a prop that I brought this morning. <laughs> this prop here is a, you know what that is? That's oh a fatigue, yes, I, I do. Fatigue. Uh-huh. Hat. And I, so yeah. I had mm-hmm. one of those. I had, you know, I told this story so many times that <clears throat> some friends of mine here in Green Valley went out and brought me a couple of these hats. <laughs> and I tell this story. But it's you had to be covered to go to the airplane in both services, in the Air Force and and the Marine Corps
1: on the flight uh, line.
0: On
2: it's the flight a, line, a- okay. absolutely. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Okay. You didn't have to do that when you were on the flight line.
1: No, or, in fact, it was the exact opposite. The opposite. You had to there. be no cover. No cover considered fod. They were worried about yeah, fod. Foreign, was. foreign object damage. In other words, uh, it was. we weren't allowed to have speed lacers on our boots, the little metal things that, that we hook I, in I, okay. or, or a cover, i.e. a hat. If wind came along or that little speed lace uh, piece of metal came off, anything that a jet engine could suck up and turn into fire yeah, foreign object damage, damage a $3 million, $5 million en- engine in a heartbeat. And yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, so there yeah. I was <laughs> flying off a carrier, and I had my hat, had to wear it on the deck and sometimes a lot of wind and stuff on it but i yeah. had to have it so really I, I loved the hat i must have got it from a gunny from the second world war or something like that because it all was right. all beat up and the whole thing and you'd fold it up and you'd shove it up in the windscreen like that yeah. and go flying but we took off with the canopy open so i was taking a cat shot off the of lake champlain <laughs> And that cat goes right over my shoulder. And I said, Oh, shit, my hat. I've lost my hat. Right. But two weeks later, some plane captain comes over to me, one of our Marine guys. He said, Hey, Lieutenant, I found your hat. It was stuck in the back of the, the canopy of number 11. I said, Oh, uh, I had my hat back. That was so great to have my hat. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, now we're going to fast forward to the Air Guard. They didn't like me wearing that hat. They wore their piss cutters, you know, and then when Uh they did, it was easy to put those, and and maybe they weren't considered FOD. Maybe they were. But anyway, I wore my my hat. So, first, first year's summer camp. In a guard, summer camp, two weeks, wheels up. Went up to northern Wisconsin. a little base up there, Volk Field. Uh, Volk Field, yeah. Uh-huh. We flew off uh-huh. Volk Field, and there's a there's a range out over over Lake Michigan, and we did the whole thing. So we went up there, and oh, great flying! Now, you know really, very good. But I had my hat. But you know we used to do gunnery out. of I don't know if you did air to air, gunnery mm-hmm. out there over the over the lake. We did the gunnery over the lake, and. This is the first time that I'd have done air-to-air gunnery practice with the Guard or the Air Force. Get out there and, and brief it, and they, <clears throat> they get two passes with a with a barrel roll in the, in the middle. And I had never seen that before. So you set up on the perch, and you go down toward the target, and you hop over the target after you get your little 20, 20 millimeters short burst. And then you pull up and do a barrel roll, and you come back around and do it the second time. <laughs>
0: okay. Did you uh, ever do that? No, I like that idea, though. Uh, I like it a lot. I, <laughs> I, I,
2: I thought it was great. I thought yes. it was wonderful. Because great, you, 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 they always had trouble getting enough, enough time on the, on, the, on the target. So you got band, two right? yeah. for every time. And then they, they flew it in a figure eight, so they were always kind of in a turn. Right. We came back and we were having hours going back after a hard day's light. And these guys came after me and they took my hat and they took it over to the campfire and they burned it. That's what? the saga of the hat.
0: Well, that's just wrong. That is that wrong. Is that's wrong. what I say.
2: <laughs> I had no support at all.
0: They, they were threatened <laughs> by that hat. That hat threatened them. They had to kill that hat. Absolutely. Had
2: to kill. <laughs> so, okay, that one more. Um, uh, I, I think we can.
1: Right, well, to- you starting into that. I'm going to sort of refer to it real quickly. You referred to the piss cutter, and it was referred to once on last week's show, I believe, as well, which was uh, so it's basically i don't know describe the hat for me fig i'm i'm at a loss how it's, to describe oh you a, know what it's, hey, it's, it's, a, a brimless, it's a
0: brimless it's, hat. it's yeah, a brimless yeah,
1: hat if you're looking fork, on video i've got one right here. Oh,
0: that's it that, <laughs> that's, that's it that's
1: it yeah, yeah it was a, a brimless hat no you'd course, never no, want to focusing properly but uh uh yeah, it yeah brimless, right. brimless hat and uh yeah, it was, that's great it was one two corners you know instead of a three-corner hat it's a two-corner hat Front yeah. and rear.
0: Uh, four and aft. You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah, for now. It probably has some foul <clears throat> effort in there as to how it yeah. got its name as a piss cutter. I, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: So yeah, that that that's great that you have it. You'd never want to shove that in a windscreen of an airplane you fly with the cockpit open. No,
1: no. it would go quite no
2: especially <laughs> when the uh, intake
1: is behind your shoulder, uh, <laughs> else it would never come back in one piece.
2: <laughs> so we got summer camp we um, one of the favorite things we used to do if you i lived 100 miles from the base and i prided myself of getting more time every month than the guys that lived in town and so that was a that was that was a main thing we would do we had a thing so uh, there i was friday night in uh ready room of uh, 163rd Tactical Fighter Squadron, waiting for a couple of my buddies to show up so we could go to Las Vegas. So all of those guys in that squadron, all of them had been through Fighter Weapons School in Nellis. And so they knew their way about around the Strip. So they, they'd love to go out there. So we would fly to Nellis and uh, get out there for the action and then stay up and get some sleep and go to the pool the next day. And then we'd have to get up at four o'clock in the morning so it would be cool enough to get the F-84 off the ground in Nellis Eight. because it was really bad in Nellis. I peeled a tire there one time and, uh, okay. you know, where the volcanist comes, comes off. But we were there one night in a bar with the Rat Pack.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you were there. You were there with uh, Frank and yeah, uh, Frank Dino and, and Dino, all of them. Yeah,
2: <laughs> They were there. Uh, they didn't care who the hell we were. They weren't too, all too drunk to make any difference. Yeah. But now my best story for the Air National Guard, and this uh, involves the birth of a Marine fighter pilot. Okay. My wife and- was pregnant for the second time. It was going to be drill weekend, and she was a little behind schedule, and I was concerned about that, but... But she said, ah, you know, we need the bunny. Why don't you go, why don't you go ahead to, to drill weekend? And, and my folks who lived in Chicago will come down and stay here with me. So I said, uh, okay, yeah, that's all right. Who who knows when this bundle of joy is going to show up? I went off and in a normal day, I flew once, I think, and, or twice. And we usually went out to Ribs. Uh, Fort Wayne's a great place for Ribs. But we had a guy in the squadron, an enlisted guy, who was also uh, a disc jockey. And so we always listened to him whenever we were off base, because he played the songs we liked, and he was just a contact with where we're at. Yeah. So we were just coming back from having ribs and a couple of beers, and we were just in the gate, and the disc jockey said, well, Captain Slafly, please call the duty officer of his squadron Uh, this is Uh a this is an emergency oh boy Uh, well i knew right then what it was so i would go down there and and sure enough scott has been born in lafayette and he everybody's healthy and doing fine and i was wondering how in the heck that word got right got to me the way it did my right. father in law he he got a little too excited over this whole thing, and he called the state police, the uh, Indiana State Police and he says, "I need to get in touch with my son-in- law at Bearfield is can you can you help us? So what they did is they relayed the call from uh, car to car across the state. And then to the duty officer and the duty officer calls the radio station. And that's, (laughs) that's how they got it. So, so I, I called home and everybody was fine. So I was going to get up and go home, go home in the morning and, and see the kid, you know, and introduce the new Marine. That's a great story. But I was sleeping at about two o'clock in the morning and somebody taps me on the shoulder. And this is the guard. It's the commanding general of uh, of our guard <laughs> yeah. wing, yeah. saying I want to make sure everything's all right and anything we can do. And How incredible. About that? Incredible.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a that's a great story.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. So I stayed in the guard until I got my degree. I took a job uh, working basically the Air Force. Uh, As a consultant to the Air Force in the Pentagon, when I told my guard commander that I'm out of there and I got this job, he says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the Pentagon. He said, "Oh, you got to go see my buddy. He runs the F-100 squadron out there. So, well, I was getting to the point where maybe I'd had enough. I uh, left the squadron and one month later, two weeks later, I think, they got called up. They got activated, and that would have been me if it was a, it happened oh, yeah. two weeks sooner. And they went to the right. Berlin crisis of 61 in Germany, took the airplanes, and went there. So I never went to see the F-100 guy. Uh, fortunately, I decided to get a master's degree instead. The uh, company was going to pay for it, so I decided to do that instead of fly, <laughs> fly anymore. And that squadron got activated also, so I would have been caught oh, yeah. either way. Yeah. So, anyhow, it was a very good experience. We flew, I flew in that guard squadron for essentially three years. The squadron never had a mishap. That's won great. what's called the SPATS Trophy two years in a row. SPATS Trophy honors the best guard squadron in the country.
0: Wow. And we won it. Well, that's impressive. Two
2: years in a row. We had to share it with another squadron the first year, but the second year we got it all by ourselves. But if we were to busted up one of those airplanes, we would have never got it.
0: Wow. So yeah.
2: That's where I was.
0: Nice. That's a, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. I I I have to ask um I, and I think it's probably I think it was probably different, but I I want to hear from you uh the transition uh, you know from active duty Marine Corps into the Air Guard. Um my uh, I I don't want to taint the waters uh, cuz I got my take on it, but was it was it a culture kind of a culture shock for you when you uh, you know the way they treat the, the way they a- operate
2: the way they operate uh, that it was more, more than a cultural shock because it was a technical shock you know <laughs> being a uh, carrier aviator and flying all those flat patterns to come up with the, with the, the way the air Force lands uh, it, it really was very hard to get used to. They fly square patterns at 500 feet. I mean, 500 feet, you make a square, and then you, you get up there, and you make an airline approach, and you turn on the landing lights. It blinds you every time. Right. And that's what's done. But no culture shock with the capability of the pilots. These guys all wanted to be there. And I was among the group that were coming from out of town. So we were making a special effort. We had about... I think four or five guys that would come from Indianapolis and that's an hour drive. And I was coming from an hour and there were some people that come from the small towns and that was my inner circle. So it was very uh, pleasant and they all like to hear the carrier stories.
0: Oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, I, I was, I was referring to maybe the, uh, uh, the, the difference in military bearing, you know, with uh, you know the troop, the the way the troops interacted with the officers and that sort of thing in, in the guard, as as opposed to active duty Marine Corps.
2: Yes, you see, I but I did that tour on a on a on a Navy ship. So I was intermixed with the Swabies.
0: You were kind of, so you had. So kinda I kinda were
2: indoctrinated.
0: Yes. There you go. And you know what? That's a very good, that, you know, my last three years on active duty, I was at a Navy base. I was at Kingsville. So I had kind of come, you know, a and then I transitioned to the guard from there. So you're right. It is kind of a good segue. <laughs> there
1: you go. <laughs> Completely different cultures, but uh but slowly got across to them. So yes, yes. But service indeed, and thank you to, to all of them who served, uh, regardless. That's Everybody right. who st- right. stepped up. That's right. Signed their name on the dotted line and and uh, put signed their name on the uh, on the blank check to uh, protect and defend That's the Constitution. Right. So thank you for your service.
2: Yeah, it was great. The way I did it. When they play the anthems of all of the services, I get to stand up three times.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and you did indeed stand up. And as you mentioned pre-show, uh, I, I hope you don't mind me mentioning it, uh, you're going to be 89 next week. That's incredible. right. Yeah, that is incredible. So, I pray to God that I'm half as sharp as you uh, at, at the age of 89 <laughs> and that I make it to the age of 89. Uh, <laughs> this has been a, a, a true privilege, and we appreciate the time. Thanks, the-
2: guys, the time. for for helping me record it. It's just a pleasure to see what you guys are doing and that you're having so much fun at it.
0: I I can't, I can't uh, tell you how, uh, uh, what an honor it is to get stories, to hear stories from the actual source. And, exactly and, and thank you for that. And thank you for your service.
2: Well, thank you guys for doing what you do. And, and, uh, glad you survived the Harrier.
1: As as Are we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we got a couple other thank yous we need to put out there. Uh, first of all, Fig, first and foremost, who uh, who gets us there?
0: Who's, we got we got to thank Dave Hamilton, my man Dave Hamilton.
1: Thank you, right. Dave. Over at the Mac Geek Gab and the Business Brain Podcast and the Gig Gab as well for musicians. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate what you do for us. Thanks also to Robin's Bird Brain Designs, our sponsor, and the parttimepilot.com with the Audio Ground School podcast. Appreciate you, uh, sharing your podcast stories with us and we're sharing them with everyone else. Also, if you want to reach out to us and ask us any questions, particularly about becoming a pilot, I don't care if you're 14 or 40 and you want to become a pilot, get out there and do it. Go over to the airport and start doing it. If you've got questions about that, write First of all, to sticks and so there I was that us, any other questions or feedback? Feel free to write sticks or fig at So there I was. or repeat. At so there I was. Us. Also, there's. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got Robbins Bird Brain Designs and uh, the folks that you are uh, starting to hear in the background who give the Air Force a good name. Who's that? Fig? That's the Dos Gringos. Man, those guys are awesome. They were a lot of fun to have on. They are amazing musicians. Very talented, very clever, and creative. We appreciate that. We have a glossary page up. Uh, I've since uh, the beginning of this episode put up Piss Cutter <laughs> on the glossary page. Excellent. And uh, there's, there, we've got to get some others up there as well, but uh, we're getting some admin help from Sticks on updating the glossary page. And we have a sponsors page and a subscribe page. So go to so there I was, dot US slash subscribe and find us on your favorite method of listening to podcasts, be it Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, any one of them. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find a subscribe button there for us. And in the meantime, thanks for joining us. Stay safe and check six.
0: Well, there I was, crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fond Of all the shit I was wearing on that day Now an F-16 is cramped enough But it's even worse With all that stuff supposed to save your life But we knew there was no way Cause you're going down the North Atlantic, man, it's over It's over